0: for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man on. We've been talking back and forth for, I think, a couple of years now. It is uh, former Chief James Craig of the Detroit Police Department. Chief, how are you? Good to
1: see you. Man, I'm doing great. Uh, The day has been a whirlwind, as you can imagine. Yesterday we announced running for U.S. Senate. Yeah. uh, And I've been going since uh, 6.50 this morning. TV, radio. Good.
0: And well, you, we we have to get the word out because I wanted you to be the governor, and there were a lot of people in Michigan who thought you had a good chance. Why weren't you on the ballot? What the heck happened there?
1: Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of talk about election manipulation, um, and certainly, uh, I was leading the GOP. Uh, uh, all of all the GOP candidates, I was the leading candidate. Yes, right, by double digits. It wasn't even close. And so um, it became increasingly interesting that I was becoming somewhat of a threat, uh, not just because of what I was, and also even because even independence, yes, was starting to really support, you know, you know what I was bringing to the table. And then uh, the nominee, her camp came after me on that on that Monday, said I had uh, fraudulent signatures. How they knew behind me, how they knew. And then, of course, the following day, the Dems came after me and, and three other uh, GOP candidates for the same thing. The, the good news in all of it, uh, uh, three of them have been charged uh, for forgery. Mm-hmm. And so that's the good news. Well,
0: well, that, that, that is good news, but the bad news is you are not on the ballot. The bad news is the Senate and the House in Michigan just went Democrat by one vote each, although two of them are going to be running for mayor soon, and you might actually get one of those chambers back. You've got a ridiculous Democrat governor and the attorney general. Holy crap. I mean, she's just nuts. So as we watch what's happening in that state that I love, I've got a couple of houses there that what? you love. We know it's a red state. We know it's a law enforcement state. We know it's a state that believes in the Constitution and freedom and liberty, but the people there have been enrolled. Can you fix that?
1: I can fix it. And I will tell you, I've gotten so much support. And the reason why I'm doing this, you know, after I got uh, kicked off the uh, gubernatorial uh, and then when Stabenow announced uh, not uh, retiring. Right. My phone started ringing. Chief, he thought about U.S. Senate. No, I hadn't thought about it, Yeah, and so um, I think we, we're sitting in a, in a good place. Uh, I think there's some things strategically we can do that typically the establishment GOP hasn't been able to do, uh, but I can do. Uh, and so people say, so what makes you so different? Well, first of all, I've been a chief in three cities, and I spent almost 30 years in L.A., close yeah. through the ranks, Every city I've worked in has been a blue city. Now, I wasn't always a Republican. I mean, that transition happened over time. Right. But, you know, during my time in Detroit, I was a Republican. I mean, who couldn't have known? I was on the cover of NRA magazine twice. I was on Fox News on a regular basis, uh, many times talking about law enforcement related issues. And so it wasn't hard to figure out what a guy talks like a conservative. He must be a conservative. He, right. you know. But I was also the deputy mayor in Detroit while I was the chief of police. So I know government, maybe it's at the municipal level, uh, but I think what's most important, and we need this today more than ever, and, I, and I'm sure you'll agree, we have to have someone that understands how to work across the aisles. You know, you hear Candace say it all the time Oh, yeah. I'm good, I'm, I'm adept at being able to work across the aisle. And then when they get in, there's this, this big division. The issues that I'm most passionate about, uh, Joe, these are nonpartisan issues. I don't think there's a Democrat or Republican that can embrace the whole notion of an open border or the fact that we have fentanyl coming through the border with these criminal cartels who, frankly, Need to be treated as uh, as uh, foreign terrorists. Hundred percent. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Well,
0: now, they won't. Today, well, they won't today. But Chief, you know this very recently. Even New York and 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 D.C. and Chicago pretended they were sanctuary cities until they got a bunch of people looking for sanctuary. Then all of a sudden, closed the border. So it took some reality to make them wake up and realize that it, this it, is a problem.
1: But you know, Joe was funny about what you said. You're right. They're seeing it. But they fall short of one thing. So let's, let's talk about the mayor of New York for a moment. Okay. The mayor of New York refers to the Texas governor as a madman because he's shipping a very small percentage of these illegal migrants out to New York. A tiny percentage. A tiny percentage. So he's a madman. No, the madman is the president and his vice president who haven't even tried to do anything about fixing the border issue.
0: Yeah, but she's the border czar, chief. She's, she's the border czar. She's, she's got it under control. And then we've got the DHS saying the border is closed. I live in Texas now. I'm sitting in Texas right now. Seven to eight million illegal aliens have come across the border in the past two and a half years. New York got maybe 100,000. You know what I mean? And, and New York is crumbling. The biggest economy in this country is crumbling under that weight. Are they waking up? Are they going to listen to a James Craig now?
1: Well, I hope they listen, but we have to have people who are courageous and who can stand up and say, wait a minute, folks, are we going to sit here and let folks from this administration look at us and lie? The voters are not stupid. They're sick and tired of partisan politics. They're sick and tired of the lies. They're sick and tired of, oh, Biden economics is working. Oh, really? Really? Well, the American dream called really. House is out of reach for a lot of young people today, yeah. isn't it? It is.
0: Hey, and- it's, uh, I want to tell people who you are again. It's Chief James Craig. Go to his website, chiefjamescraig.com. Support his candidacy. He's running for U.S. Senate out of the great state of Michigan, a former Detroit um, uh, police chief. And I want to get to the ground level. We're watching every single day now in Philadelphia, in D.C., yeah in New York, in L.A., in Chicago. I would guess some of it's happening in Detroit, although I have not seen it as much, um, of young people, generally speaking, young black people yes. that for some reason are going in and ransacking the place. They're, st- they're not stealing bread to feed their family. They're stealing big-screen big TVs and iPads and iPhones and Nikes and Rolexes. Chief, what do we do? We've got a whole generation of wonderful young people that got the wrong message somehow.
1: You know, Joe, I've had an opportunity to talk about this on on national cable TV several times, especially on the Philadelphia situation. Right. You know, here's a common denominator. You remember 2020 after the tragic death of George Floyd? Yes. The riots in all these major cities. There was one major city that didn't burn. That was Detroit, Michigan. Right. Not by accident.
0: Notably, by the way, why, why did that happen?
1: Well, a couple of reasons. One, the chief of police set a tone. I had some of the best men and women, and they knew I was going to support them. I had the citizens behind me. They knew that was outside influences coming into the city like all these other cities. And then I had Detroit activists who, when I got here in 2013, did not like the police. And I built a rapport with them. and, And when 2020 came, I said, look, we got all this stuff going on around the country. Right. They're here in Detroit. I need you to stand with me. No hesitation. They said not here, not Detroit. Everybody thought Detroit would have been the first place to burn. Now, because you're from Michigan, yeah. Imagine the fact that Grand Rapids had riots.
0: That Captain was stunning. New- that, I mean, those who don't know, Grand Rapids tends to be more moderate, if not right-leaning. Uh, you've, you've got a, generally speaking, conservative area that was not able to stop the outsiders from coming in and tearing the city down. That, you, you, I didn't even think about that. That is a stunning point. Now, I've covered stories in Detroit. I've covered stories in Grand Rapids. They're very different cities. You're right. Somebody had a in my head and said, where's the riot going to happen? I probably would have said Detroit. That's historically, that's where it happened.
1: And look, let's face it. I grew up in Detroit. Yeah. I was 11 years old in 1967 when the riots hit. Right. I saw my dad, who was a Detroit police reserve, go out and work as a volunteer to protect the city. I know this city, but the city rejected outside interference Good. and influence. And, and and that was one part of it. But also, you had a police chief that said, not here, not ever. Yeah. And you
0: know, can, can uh, that, well, well, Chief, can that work at a national level? Because right now yes, you've got does. people that are outliers, outsiders coming in, ruining beautiful cities across this land, and the people who live in those cities. I know how much Detroiters love their city. I know that. I've seen it, and that's always going to continue. New Yorkers, generally speaking, and they're rising up now too, especially Staten Island. They love their city. They don't it's want this not, to happen there. How do we restore that love for where they live again?
1: Well, the love is there. The problem is. Twofold, you got mayors who don't have the intestinal fortitude; they dance around it, or they're instigating it, or instigating it, or walking along with yeah. the rioters. That's one one uh, scenario. And then today, you have George Soros, progressive or woke prosecutors, and there's a revolving door. There are no consequences. The key it the key to all of this. You can throw all the money you want and say, oh, look, we don't have enough police officers. It's not just police. It's got which, which, the gee, who, who would want to be
0: a cop today when, well, when you've got the radicals that are backed by big-time Soros money making everybody believe you're the bad guy? I wouldn't yeah. want to sign up, and I come from a long line of firefighters. I wouldn't want to be a civil servant today. There's no respect for them.
1: And I, I did it for 44 years. Wow. And, and, and I would tell you. I had and a, they did respect you. And they respected me, and I drew the line. You know, I I understand what it means to be a public servant. A public servant, not a political servant. And what you see, Joe, is a lot of political servants out there that have other agendas. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's ego. But they're not supporting the people that elected them to serve them. We work for the people, not the other way around.
0: Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that anymore. It's chiefjamescraig.com, chiefjamescraig.com, running for U.S. Senate of the great state of Michigan, uh, going for Debbie Stabenow's seat. she's been there long enough. I think it's time for her to go. Should you win, and I hope you do, and I'm going to make sure everybody – we've got 16 stations in Michigan, so they're all hearing your voice right now. Already, they already love you, most of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I want people who don't know you to get to know you. Which job One Is it the border? Is it the economy? Is it something you know, else? What is it?
1: I got asked that several times a day. we got such big problems in our country today. Pick one. You know, I hear a lot of Michiganders or Americans from other days say it's the border. Because when you think about the border, it feeds a lot of other issues, including crime. Okay, it it affects the economy. You know, we talked about these, uh, you know, and then so you got the border, but you also got an economy that's out of whack. We're overspending. We were energy independent. You got a president who thinks it's a a wise guy idea to mandate EVs. Right. And then he flies out to Detroit, uh, has a 85 second speech with auto workers. Really?
0: The auto auto workers should have rejected them. I, I covered the 1997 strikes. Um, live in Lansing at the plants there. I know what auto workers want. They don't. They don't want more EVs. They're probably on the picket line because EVs would mean fewer jobs for them. And this guy flies in like he was going to save the day. It was ridiculous.
1: No, thirty to forty percent will be gone out of work. Wow. But not just that. The manufacturers is going to cost more to make the EV. Right, a lot so, more. So they they're going to have to, you know, reduce their staffing. It, it's a no brainer, but. Here's a real deal. EV, we don't have the infrastructure for it. I'm not saying we don't look for clean energy in a balanced way, right? but we need to continue to drill. We were energy independent, and right now, you look at California, the, the, the most leftist, uh, it, it needs to be its own country, gas is up to $7 a gallon.
0: I was in a space on, on Twitter last night. A guy in California said he's paying 8 bucks a gallon. Can you imagine $8 a gallon because we, we're afraid to produce our own oil, but we'll go and help produce it elsewhere and take oil from other people, from now, people who don't like as many of them?
1: Well, this is going to bring me to another point, and some of your listeners may not like what I'm getting ready to say. I am about America first. Yes. So we're overspending, and as far as I'm concerned, this administration has never discussed a plan for Ukraine, but it's okay.
0: What does victory look like? I don't know. I have no idea what victory looks like in in your Well,
1: what victory looks like, like the president said, we'll be there for as long as it takes. In other words, not only will we be there for as long as it takes, but we're going to continue to spend the money. But we can't spend money to secure our borders. We can't uh, staff up Border Patrol and make our country safe. And by the way, what about our defense uh, machine? Look, you think China, Russia and Iran— are holding hands because they just want to be good buddies? We're in some very serious times and we need smart, common sense, ethical leaders that are willing to stand up and say enough of this Madness.
0: Yeah, those three countries historically don't like each other. We made them friends. It is uh, it's Chief James Craig. He's running for Senate, U.S. Senate of the great state of Michigan. Go to ChiefJamesCraig.com. Last couple of questions. I appreciate you making time for me. Have you spoken with the former president Donald Trump?
1: You know, I've I've spoken to a number of his surrogates. Um, as you may or may not know, I wrote a piece uh, out indicating that I support uh, President Trump because we know, we all know. That under his administration, the country was going in the right direction. Right, and while there might be some good conservative candidates running uh, for 2024, President Trump is by and far battle trained. He understands it, and the polls are not lying. He has a significant lead over everybody. He's he does. the nominee. And,
0: and by the way, he loves Michigan. The last stop that he made in 2016 before winning was in Grand Rapids, as you know. 5,000 people showed up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. He cares about the state. He cares about blue-collar workers. He's a businessman. He yes. wants people yes. to succeed. It's kind of simple that way. Well, one last question. I appreciate the time. Maybe a 30-second answer if you can do it for me. As a law enforcement guy, should you win and I want you to win, can the Senate do anything? Can the House and Senate together do anything to stop the madness, like in L.A. County, they just said, no cash bail. Have a nice day. We arrest you. We let you go. And you don't have to pay a dime to get out. Can you do anything to restore law and order in this country?
1: I say yes, but it's going to take the collective body to introduce a bill and say enough of this madness. Yeah, it's, it, it, And it's going to take leadership. And right now, we're so divided. Look at Look at what happened with the House yesterday. Right. It took eight Democrats and, and I'm not saying that you know McCarthy was the best, but what is going on?
0: I and, I don't I don't mean to be that guy. It took every Democrat and eight Republicans to get rid of him. Get, and 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 for me uh, McCarthy made a deal in January. and you, can, I can, you and I can talk about this off the air if you want, but he made a deal in January that he didn't stick to. But you're right. All the Democrats voted to get rid of him and eight Republicans. So if nothing else, you can definitely say with assurance, with assurance that we are divided right now in the House. We appreciate uh, Chief James Craig. He's running for U.S. Senate out of the great state of uh, Michigan. If you're listening in Michigan, go look him up. Make sure you support this guy. He's the right guy. We're back after this. This is the Joe Pagg Show. The website is ChiefJamesCraig.com. Chief James com. Chief jamescraig, C-R-A-I-G.com. Go there and support his candidacy. Michigan, you need somebody like this. You haven't had a Republican for a while as a U.S. senator, and you need somebody to bring some balance back to that state. I love you, but this is the right guy. Go look into him now, chiefjamescraig.com. If you're not in Michigan, you go check him out as well. Maybe support the candidacy. 888-941-PAGS, joepags.com. Much more to come, including Brendan Carr next hour from the FCC.
1: This is the Joe Pags Show.